you ever felt frustrated and helpless after listening and doing everything your vet told you to do, but it only made your sick pet worse and not get any better? Vets me in 2008 with my first adopted cat, Meow. I did everything the vet told me to do and I realised she wasn't getting any better and only worse. So I decided to look into alternative health options and was drawn to the stories of holistic pet service entrepreneurs and their transformative journey, overcoming obstacles, chasing their passion and creating a movement that has caused a ripple effect of positive change in the lives of their clients and pets around the world. Join me as I share the raw, inspiring journeys of these amazing entrepreneurs, their successes and failures. My name is Amrys Wang and this is The Raw Entrepreneur. Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world right now. This is Amrys Wang of The Raw Entrepreneur. Today, I am so honoured. The hair on my arms are actually standing up right now and my heart is so full of warmth and love for these three people who have made the effort to come and, and meet me in two cities, plus minus three, um, Roxanne Stone, um, Jacqueline Hill, and Steve, I'm sorry, I didn't catch your last name. Steve Fisher. Steve Fisher. Steve Fisher, F-I-S-H-E-R. Steve Fisher. So um, these three wonderful people, they were the founders of... Um, originally part of Answers Pet Food, and then they started Cure Pet Food. And um, they have agreed to come on today to share their story with me. What is Cure Pet Food? Steve, uh, do you want, since you're oh, one of the I, owners. I need to talk about, I'll talk about Cure Pet Food. Okay. Cure Pet Food is what it's spelled, K-U-R-E. It's good for the animals. So it's founded by five farmers. Uh, back in May, in June, under the name of Initial LLC. So we had a branding name, Cure, K-U-R-E, to make it a, uh, a happy pet food brand. And uh, we are doing raw fermented milk, uh, raw cheese, uh, raw vegetables, and raw fish broth and chicken broth. Uh, that's what Cure is initially doing. And in the meantime, we have an injunction because of a person who says we don't have the right to uh, launch a new company, which was Pet Answers. Okay. So now this is a bit of a difficult question for everyone, but um, maybe I can ask Jacqueline you know, um, how do you feel about what is going on right now? Well, um, we're all very sad and uh, <clears throat> concerned for our pets um, because um, it's, it's very hard and um, we're trying to be patient and we're trying to work the court system fairly, um, and uh, we hope that uh, we can put the Cure product back on the market very soon. Um, Roxanne, do you have any thoughts you would like to share? 
Oh, um, just to sort of echo what Jacqueline was saying, it's um, it's been a difficult time, unfortunately, because of the, uh, the court order uh, basically instructs us to not be able to work within our field of expertise. Uh, so we're very bound. Um, it's, it's frustrating because um, every being in our cells or every part of our cells for, for Jacqueline and I, and I think I can speak for Steve as well, is to want to put the best food on the market for these, these animals who are often, off, often suffering with very specific health conditions. <clears throat> and so for the past 12 years, um, Jacqueline, myself and the farmers have all collaborated and worked very, very hard to be able to offer those unique products that can be medicine. Oftentimes food is medicine and, and it is very, um, um, nurturing and therapeutic. And so to, to have a, a judge say, you can't do what you're passionate about and what you're, um, you know, sort of what you've been driven to do for the past 12 years uh, to be turned off or taken away from you. Um, it's, a, it's a real test of um, your patience and your faith. Uh, but like Jacqueline said, we're doing whatever we can within the legal confines of the, you, you know, the Pennsylvania court systems to work with that. But uh, we do hope that we can uh, offer these products again in the, in the future um, be, because they are so important and we've seen them perform so well. Why, why do you think um, the products that you formulate work? Well, <laughs> well, in my opinion, um, <clears throat> you know, food in its, I, I guess in its native state, um, sort of the way nature intended um, is very powerful. Um, we've denied that those types of foods to our animals, our companion animals in particular for um, many decades now with um, the advent of the industrial revolution and processed foods. So it works well because it, it is the native diet that these carnivores are um, designed to consume. And so for that reason, um, the bioavailability, the, the degree of nutrient density, um, they haven't had that. And so because of that reason, you know, it, it works, it performs and the body will do amazing things if you can um, give it what it needs. So it's, it's, it's basically putting the body back into a state of um, repair and a state of remission because it has what it needs and it's not fighting toxins. It's not fighting uh, for simple digestion or calories. It's, it's being, it's given a food that is intended for the physiology of that animal. Um, you know, I, I, a, a term that, you know, Karen Becker often uses, you know, biologically appropriate, you know, and that's, that's what we're, getting back to, we're getting back to um, 
giving these species, you know, biologically appropriate food for their for their uh, physiological well-being. So that's why it works. It's just it's it's. I always go back to you can't get healthy food from sick animals. Uh, so what I'm speaking about is, you know, confined animal feeding operations, the livestock that is offered oftentimes in um, the US and around the world um, are often sick animals um, that have, are not fed a species appropriate diet. So they're on, um, they're on uh, GMO grains or they're on uh, very high starchy products. They're not on food that is intended for uh, herbivores. And so we're, um, that's, that's number one, where if you're going to make a diet out of an animal that is not well, then how can you expect it to perform well in the species that's, in, that's intended to eat it? Um, so getting back to healthy soil, <clears throat> that um, produce healthy plants, that produce healthy lives, so that we can get a food that is um, truly healthy for our pets. I think, I think our I think answers went above and beyond just uh, providing a, a species appropriate diet. Um, <clears throat> I worked in the veterinary industry for 20 years before we uh, started Answers. And um, I was privy to understanding how nutrients can um, affect, uh, you know, and, and improve a disease. And keep in mind when Roxanne and I started this in uh, 2010, um, we evolved over time to tweak these diets to make them more appropriate. Um, you know, when we entered the pet food industry, nobody was talking about your protein to fat ratio and how that affects kidney disease and how important that is for delivering nutrients and, and, and things like that. And we didn't start by putting fermented cod livers in our diet, but we had the opportunity to get that ingredient and that took it to the next level. And we, you know, always were looking at it. I, I have a biology background. Roxanne has um, a food science background and uh, we're sisters. She's eight years younger than me. And she lived on one coast and I lived on the other coast. And when our two brains came together for this project, Literally, I always would say light bulbs are going off all over the place. I understand now why, because we're connecting each other's dots. And it really worked out very well for us. I mean, I had the fun time of working with Steve Fisher. Steve developed the, the, the uh, equipment to batch this up to the higher uh, levels. You know, do, it's one thing to do something on a stovetop. It's another thing to do, how many gallons does your pot hold? 200. 200 gallons at a time. So yeah. we, we use two pots to make the, the stock. And I, I want you also to understand is, you know, food is energy. And I was asked many times, why does your milk work for my dog, but the local farmer's raw milk doesn't? And I said, well, when all of our products go through the farmers and are, are produced on the farm, the energy at these farms are just amazing. And that energy goes into our food, which helps deliver um, even more, you know, health. Um, I really think, and I was told this by many holistic vets, make sure your people are happy and smiling and laughing when they're producing this, these foods. And it makes a difference. It does. It makes under the sunshine, under one big sky, we produce this food. 
So I think that's the other reason why um, it works so well. And, you know, our passion was behind it. Um, um, I am very interested to know about Steve's um, and the farmer's story. You know, like how, how did, how did you hook up with, um, get to know Jacqueline and Roxanne? I mean, what was oh, that it's like? A, it's a long story. I have time. It's a long story short. Okay. But uh, 12 years ago, I was doing raw milk, uh, dairy milk, uh, which is a uh, cow milk. And we had Sw brown Swiss cows. And we uh, had grass pasture for the brown Swiss cows. And we put that milk in glass bottles and sold to health food stores. And uh, Jacqueline bought Swiss Villa dairy milk at a farmer's market. And she contacted me uh, 12 years ago about raw goat milk. And I said, yeah, we can do raw goat milk tomorrow. Well, we have a bottling equipment now. We'll put it in plastic bottles or glass. But glass didn't work because of freezing and shipping. And she said, plastic won't work in her part because she, they're doing a green environmental. And so we bought a um, carton machine, an old dilapidated carton machine, make it work for a number of years. And then we bought a newer one. And my son-in-law, Urban, is the uh, Rocky Ridge goat dairy that packs the milk. So over time, we uh, increased the volume from uh, only a few cases a day to uh, 70,000 70, pounds a week. And that goes into cheese. Also, we're doing uh, raw butter now, pure just start raw butter, uh, into uh, milk and also cow kefir. So we have a network of farms and families in our local Pennsylvania area making cheese, raw vegetables, uh, fish stock or fish broth, chicken broth and the goat dairy. And the goat dairy is Rocky Ridge goat dairy and they have a large freezer where they freeze the uh, farmer's product ready to ship to uh, across the United States via farmer products. So we were, work we're individual farmers working for a company which could be Pet Answers or Cure. We have an independent family, independent farm, independent equipment and also intellect. So we're making this product for pet answers or for cure. And then um, probably August, uh, Keith Hill said that there's going to be a uh, lawsuit against cure and Jacqueline and Roxanne because we formed a new company. So that's what brought the lawsuit. He, uh, uh, formed a lawsuit through court order that we should be sued because we started a new company. And we had invited him uh, a few times that we would join him in the company and he said he's not interested. Then we said we will make two companies. We will supply pet answers and also uh, cure a pet food. And because cure had a, a lead on or a friendly term with pets, it didn't work in his uh, in his office that uh, all these people leave pet answers, which were five people. It was Jacqueline and Roxanne, 
uh, Koka, the designer, Billy, the salesperson, and Dr. Doug all left the company within, uh, I'm going to say, moments. And that uh, declined sales for pit answers because the key people left. I call that the golden key. And so they hired a lady by the name of uh, Angel Helm. And when she got on the uh, chair, she fired five more people, which were key people to pet answers. And that crippled them some more. Through their crippling of throwing away key people twice, they have lost uh, the golden key and also the uh, other operating key. They lost uh, 10 people that crippled them even more. With that crippling effect, they became uh, disturbed and decided it was Cure who made the, uh, the sales decline. And it wasn't, it was their own folly that made the sales decline. So the farmers are still independent families and farms and independent intellectual properties, but they took all that away from us. Another absurd thing they did was take our food safety plan. The food safety plan belongs at the farm, in the office or in the plant, and they tried and locked it up at the court saying it was their food safety plan. So that means with the lawsuit, you are unable to produce anything right now, make anything right That's now? That's correct. They said the farmer's uh, intellectual property was theirs. They took it. And they now have an injunction on the farms. We're not allowed to produce any products for, for anyone. And how, how has that affected um, everyone in your community? Well, it's a very sad effect because uh, it's like them putting us in the mud and tramping all over us. So we're uh, stalled to a a, uh, no, no activity. We're not allowed to make fish broth for anyone and we won't make for them because the fish stock I was making for them, they uh, came up with a formula that didn't work. And when that formula hit the market, it was uh, too watery and it was no fermentation in it because it was their design. And uh, the customer said they would not buy fish stock from them in the, anymore because of the uh, uh, too watered down products. Mm. When that happened, I told uh, Pet Answers I would make fish stock for them only four more weeks through June because they don't have any right telling me how to make the fish stock and ruining my ingredient or my formula, which they tried to do, tried to ruin my formula. And my company's name is uh, Ultra Design LLC. And my formula is my formula. And uh, if they have ruined my formula, it has ruined my, my credit. So that's why I ended up doing business with Pet Answers because they were ruining my formula or my credit. When we started Cure, I reformulated it and didn't make a stock, I made a broth and improved it in the, uh, improved the formula, which is probably 25% stronger and better than it had been in the past 10 years. Okay. So am I correct to say that, to be very clear, your, the fish fermented broth 
is that's correct. Your, it's yours, your intellectual property. Yeah. It's your that's right. For design. ten years, it was mine. It's your recipe. It's your effort, and basically, you were an independent company that sold yes. the food to answer yes. pet food independently. And right. now with Cure, again, you also did the same thing. Cure doesn't own you. They don't own anything. Neither does answers. No. Correct. Correct. And the ironic thing was, this is sort of a laugh, but over the 10 years that Answers was doing business with Ultra Design Fish Stock, they never gave me a purchase order. And so I laugh at they, they weren't even existing business with me because they never gave me a purchase order. I just supplied them with, when the cooler or freezer was getting empty, I just made another, another batch for them. So the whole thing is very silly, very injustice and very silly. Would you say you based your relationship with answers in the beginning with these two ladies? Yes. <laughs> why 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 would why did you trust them or why did you decide to do business with them because they had a trustworthy question they want raw milk and you were able to supply them with raw milk but they did take a big chance on us in the beginning because 12 years ago we didn't have anything on the market when i when i went to steve i said this is my vision and and dream i said can you help me make it happen and he we took a chance and put together the first goat dairy down at Urban's. Remember that? Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember. Yeah. And it built a dairy from scratch the goats. Started with what, 60 goats? Something like that. Yeah. And we had we had some struggles in the beginning. We and but he never lost faith in, in us. He was always very faithful and, and would always mitigate any problems we were having until we got things straight. And then Jacqueline Roxanne were alone. Owned the business set for son Eric Derek, who was financing, and so uh, we had a good relationship. I just uh, uh, just conversation. They need more milk, so we added another dairy. They need more milk again. We added some more dairy, and then they uh, had overstock of milk. They decided to go to a cheesemaker, which was David Ash, and he makes the uh, raw cheese now. And then in the meantime, I was uh, slowing down to my dairy or my farm, and I said, I need a product. So I introduced a broth or stock to Jack and Roxanne. They said they're very interested. So we designed and formulated uh, vats and heaters and bulk tanks and stainless steel and did R&D on the cook stuff, the stove top at home. Then we uh, increased it to two 200-gallon vats to boil that uh, fish stock for bones. The dead bones became a fish stock for the pets and humans. And whenever I'm finished with a fish stock uh, batch or chicken, I always take, a, uh, take eight ounces. I put my signature to it, I drink eight ounces to make sure that it's not a, a poison or that it's a good product for the pets. So my signature's on every, every carton out there. And Steve, if you don't mind me interjecting, can you can you tell? Um, and I'm, am I saying saying it right? Amris, 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 Amris. Could you say uh, let Amris know what you do with the um, so that every 
Um, there's no waste left over. Um, can you tell her what you do with the uh, boiled bones and um, how that goes back into your farm? Oh yes, that's very simple and it's very uh, natural. We take uh, the bones out of the uh, fish vats, which is the boiling pot, and just bury them and they, they decompose back to soil. So we spread that soil back to the field again. Wow. There's no waste, no plastic. I love this. I mean, you know, <laughs> this is something that I've read in books and it's like a dream for a lot of people. The idea yes. of a, a very green eco ecological approach to agriculture where you respect the land there's no waste everything yes. everything is used and respected and you yes know and, and the, there's a very interesting uh story on fermented uh sardines they might be at eight nine inches long and if it's fermented properly which i uh, was able to discover in the last years you need to add uh, low ph liquid and the right amount of heat for the right amount of hours, it will ferment and break down to a sauce. And when uh, they're fermented properly, there's it's a sauce, and then there's a little bit of scale and bone left. And there's only um, five pounds of bone and scale left from 150 pounds of sardines. All the others goes is is uh, fermented and goes into the uh, vessel in a sauce, live, raw, fermented sardines. And that's where the life is for the, for the uh, pet broth or the fish broth. You know, what the, the process that you're describing is a very old world way of cooking. Yes, um, oh man. <laughs> yes. yes, it's um, something that in certain parts in Asia over here that we still actually prefer doing. Um, Sure. Fermented fish stock is something that I know a lot of Caucasians um, don't like that smell, you know. Um, I know. But over here in Asia, we actually do a lot of fermentation in our diet, you know, from soya sure. beans to um, fish sauce, um, you know. So it's, it's um, actually, I think most Asians in different parts of the world in Asia, we actually have some form of fermented food that we eat as a daily thing like kimchi in korea uh it's fermented cabbages or any kind of vegetables um chinese people we do a lot of fermented food as well it's soy sauce even um eggs um you know pick pickles and stuff so when when i heard about answers doing uh fermented fish i was I really was like, I wish I could just put my hand through and, and get a, a carton and bring it back to Singapore. So yeah. I, was, I was telling Roxanne like years ago, I actually wrote two answers. Um, this must have been in the beginning when all of you were there. And I actually asked like, oh, do you ship to Singapore? And they said, no, I'm sorry, we don't ship out of the country. So that was my done, you know, but I, I, um, I followed your story and basically you know um to me answers was always about roxanne and jacqueline 
and 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 the, and, and and the farmers you know the the strength is um not trying to be disrespectful but it's it's like a beautiful trifecta you know a trinity mm-hmm. of sorts between the three of you yes this this beautiful minds you know um as Jacqueline was saying you know Roxanne's um experience your experience and then Steve and his community coming together um creating a very beautiful product that really made everyone sit up you know um and i i can tell you that i had several friends in in singapore same as me and we were like oh we really were hoping that you guys would just grow and grow so that you can ship overseas so that we can get something you know um it it's because from the testimonials that was coming in um from you know people within the us that was taking um your your products you know not paid for but all these people all these pet owners were were talking about like a a miracle was happening with their animals all their sick animals were somehow turning around and getting better and improving you know um you guys created um a very a very beautiful and blessed product i i can't i Thank i you. can't find the words for it but it truly inspired me and a lot of people i believe you know to believe in what you guys were doing and especially with steve and your community because you know you guys were celebrating something that is so old world that is so yes. back to nature and is so respectful of the earth that you know i honestly think that a lot of people around the world we have forgotten about that you know we we are so um handicap and addicted to so called modernization and all that plastic and you know all those chemicals just to give us that you know that um i would say that fake high you know mm-hmm. that illusion of health but really it isn't so for me i've been following your story for really like the longest time i mean when you said 12 years i was thinking like has it been that long you know like you know i'm i'm a bit like wow okay i've been a fan of yours for a really long time then you know um but i just i just want to thank you because what you guys created is really you know showing the world that this is a really good business model that works you know it it's a lot of heart there's a high standard and speaking of standards how did you manage to get past afco and and you know deal with all that regulation yeah i guess i could speak to that um early on when um when Jacqueline presented the idea of a pet food company to me um you know I, my background was in human food I'm a human food nutritionist and and food scientist and so <clears throat> the contrast between the two industries is actually um quite significant in how they regulate and one of the the um first things that Jacqueline said you know we're we're a small and up coming startup and we don't have a lot of money but this is a good investment to send you to afco you need to 
really go to these meetings and uh, understand the regulatory part of, because that was my portion of, you know, that was my, one of my contributions to the company to make sure we were meeting the regulatory requirements, but at the same time, blending that with, like you said, the standard of quality that we were looking to achieve. So um, it was quite a, quite a blend of, um, you know, what can we, what can we call this on an ingredient statement to uh, appease AFCO so they, you know, but at the same time, um, truly describe to the end user what is in there, you know, because AFCO, I'm sure you're, you're aware since you are experienced in the pet food industry, they write ingredient definitions, uh, which is something that doesn't exist in human food. There, there, are, st there are standards of identity in human food um, for certain types of things like a yogurt, a low fat yogurt has a standard of identity, cheese, certain products, but they're not really like ingredient definitions where in AFCO, for example, they write very specific ingredient definitions um, to describe certain materials and ingredients. And it's very difficult to have um, real food. Like you were saying, like we've evolved to be so processed in the industry that the processing and standardization of, of ingredients has unfortunately overshadowed real food. And so people are, are afraid of real food <laughs> because they're so used to the processed ingredients. And so bringing real food back into, you know, something as simple as sea salt. Okay. So something as simple as sea salt, which is basically, un, you know, air dried and unprocessed salt with its many of its mineral components still in there. AFCO does not have a definition for sea salt. They only have a definition for salt. <laughs> so if I want to add sea salt to my formula or it's in my formula and I want to convey that to the, the customer, I have to put salt. Uh, so they wouldn't know. So the end user is going to look at the package and say, well, there's salt in there and they're going to assume that it's processed iodized salt, you know, that you would get off a typical store shelf when it's not, it, it was actually, you know, um, Celtic sea salt or, you know, Redmond clay sea salt and uh, which is from the earth and very unprocessed and um, it makes a big difference, you know, in in the um, the end uh, an analytical, you know. Uh, so for that reason, you know, there was a lot of um, trying to blend that, trying to get AFCO to understand that this is real food and and this really should this deserves a definition. Twelve years, that's a long time, and with a small startup business not a lot of money did you ever think of quitting <laughs> um, i definitely never thought of quitting okay um i was uh just talking to cole harrington this morning about this you know roxanne um was on food stamps for like the first four years we, we were doing this company because we couldn't pay ourselves and um we had a $5,000 credit limit on the credit card so I could travel so far and then like decline. I'm like, I gotta get home. <laughs> so 
And my son was a bartender at night. Roxanne and Paul got jobs at a mini storage on weekends so she could still work full time for answers and, and collect money. Um, so, you know, it was a lot of sacrifice and we did not become profitable until we had our own plant. That was a very big uh, part of it because when you're, you're being, um, the meat was being done by a third party, you were making very little, very little margin on it. Uh, what kept the company going mostly in the first part was um, we enjoyed four years of being the only goat milk on the market. Um, we introduced that product uh, to, to the industry. Uh, I think the industry was very scared, like, oh yeah, FDA is going to shut them down. We're not putting this stuff out. And then we're going around the country selling it and it was, you know, getting these great results. I'll never forget one of the first testimonies I had, we had the milk on the, on the East Coast and a person called me up. They had a, um, a little black and white dog. I can't, can't remember the, the breed. Uh, um, and they were all, they had the uh, appointment for this dog to be euthanized, already set. They went into the store uh, to give the dog a last, you know, treat, but it had IBD, inflammatory bowel disease so bad, it just was, it wasn't thriving and they could tell the dog was in pain and it just wasn't working. And they gave a couple doses of the raw goat milk and turned the dog around like that. And that, I'll never forget, that was one of my first testimonials where they were, they were in tears and I'm like, Yay! <laughs> that's what it's supposed to do and uh it just they just kept coming and coming and coming and you know things that didn't work and you know and Roxanne and I developed the raw milk diet and that cured you know pets and we just kept diving into it and learning as we were going too I, I remember saying about the milk I didn't know it could do that <laughs> so <laughs> you know they would just tell us all kinds of things you know then we started using it uh as eye drops ear drops uh you know topically and we you know started exploring more more things with it and just it, it just kept growing and then after about four years another company took took the risk and uh, put some on the market and I have to laugh we have trade shows and Roxanne and I were just at the, the super zoo trade show there is goat milk everywhere <laughs> everywhere every company now sells goat milk or a version of goat milk so um, it was it was a great experience, and I'm glad we could put it on the market and, and make a positive effect. Because if you just pour our goat milk over kibble, you can make you can add years to a dog's life. So, what inspired you to start this company in the first place? Um, I I told you I was working in the veterinary industry, and um, I was working for a holistic vet and. Um, I was going in and looking at different modalities of holistic, and I was really interested in, in nutrition. I was frustrated, and because um, we weren't getting great results with medicine, and I didn't like the, the side effects of medicine. And I was cleaning out a German Shepherd's ear one time, and the dog was screaming because he kept coming in for ear infections. And one time it would be yeast infection, and the next time it would be bacterial infection. And I just suggested to them, I said, "Hey, just add a raw egg," because they were farmers. And this was in rural Pennsylvania to this dog's diet. That dog never had an ear infection again. And that's when I went nuts, okay? There's, this is working. I, I actually made a difference and, and cured this dog from his pain. And so um, at the time I was feeding Wysong to my own dogs and the distributor uh, that was giving me the Wysong turned me on to Nature's Right. And um, 
I, the holistic vet retired. So I applied to Wysong and Nature's Variety and Nature's Variety hired me. And that's where I learned the industry for six years. And I remember the owner of Nature's Variety asked me, why, why, how come you're, you're selling so well? I'm like, hey, I, I'm not a salesperson, but I know this stuff works and I know why it works. And I said, I can sell the heck out of it. And I did, I did, I did really well. And it was great. I, I was promoted. I had seven people underneath me. I was, had the whole Eastern region and I was going around doing my thing. And then they got sold to an investment firm. And the investment firm didn't realize they, they bought a liability because FDA was just kind of looking at the raw category going, is this thing going to last or is it going to go away? Is this just a fad? And um, they decided they were going to pasteurize the raw with, H, with high pressure pasteurization. So I immediately went to my family and went, okay, we got to do this. It's, we, we can't lose the truly raw you know, on the market. And that's when I started talking to Roxanne. And we actually explored several different ways to uh, try to mitigate the, uh, you know, bad bacteria and, you know, uh, landed on the fermentation and uh, just kind of went from there. And um, it wasn't very successful in the beginning, except for the milk. Um, we got a lot of pushback on our packaging. I, I do remember talking to a, a, a group of stores up in the Pacific Northwest that said, unless you put it in plastic, I can't sell it. And my response to them was, I'd rather fail than compromise. See you later. <laughs> so um, it was not easy because packaging was different. People weren't familiar with it. And, uh, but it was all part of our package as far as putting a product on the market with the least amount of toxins that we possibly could. So that's kind of, you know, so came out of, answers came out of the need and, and the changing in the, in the raw category. Now, sensitive question, but this is something that, you know, I think listeners are wanting to know in a way is why did you leave answers to start Cure? Well, we didn't leave answers to start Cure. We left answers because when we finally started becoming profitable, um, money was being misappropriated. And Roxanne and I uh, don't have a majority of stocks. We were, we were outvoted by the other owners. And uh, we, when they started seeing the dollars, um, one of the first things the other owners did is come to me and Roxanne and say, cut your budget by 25%. I'm like, what do you mean? I can't cut my budget by 25%. We, we, need, we need to make more money. And I'm like, oh, I'm not co compromising. So there, there became... Um, you know, uh, difficulties within the ownership. And um, Roxanne and I saw the company taking a turn for the worst and decisions being made that we couldn't change and people not listening to our direction anymore. So uh, we tried for almost a year and a half to change the dynamics back to what, what got us to where we were. And um, when we realized we couldn't do that, then her and I decided we were not going to um, jeopardize our reputation in the pet food industry and we uh, uh, asked to be bought out of the company and um, we actually didn't know what we were going to do after we got bought out by the way they still have yet to buy us out because they're holding us hostage and um, so we never made a penny from all those 12 years of hard work that, that we did um, 
in fact, they cause us a lot of high tax liability. But uh, so after we left and the farmers were, were concerned, they're not going to have a place for their products. And they wanted to, they, they were enjoying the mission that we were doing together because it was, it was, it was, you know, and so they came to Roxanne and I and said, if we start our own company, would you two help us? And we said, yes. So that's how Cure got put together. So Cure is actually founded by the farmers and the two of you. So it's not just the two of you, but it's, it's because the farmers wanted to continue creating this beautiful, wholesome product for consumers. That's correct. That's not tarnished or, or compromised. Yeah, we founded the new company. Then we invited Jacqueline and Roxanne to join the new company uh, as an outside party. So we, we don't have any ownership in care. We're just, we're, we, we actually, and it's funny because you said it earlier, we started a consulting company called Trinity Clean Foods. And we use it to uh, bring clean foods either to the human market or to the pet market. Right. Okay. Okay. I understand now. Okay. So, you know, with this injunction that's going on right now, and, and the farmers cannot sell their product at all, um, what's going to happen to all the goats and, you know, all your stock and everything? It's, you know... Well, um, Rocky Ridge Goat Dairy is the dairy is Irving's, his, his son-in-law's dairy is where everything's packaged, okay? But there's 20 other farms that supply because we were doing several million pounds of, of milk through Answers when we were at, at one of our highest. So um, cures, cures uh, way of, of, of making sure these 20 auxiliary farmers uh, didn't lose their livelihoods uh, and um, was to say to answers, well, we'll coexist. You, you go do your thing and I'll give you goat milk and we'll do our thing. And, 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 uh, and that would be the best for everybody because, you know, their competition is good, you know, and uh, everybody rides with, with the tide, but answers refused um, that, that model. And, and, and then said to the, to the, um, the, the um, lawsuit. But so right now in part of the injunction is you can't hurt other companies around you. If, you're, if, if, if the judge is gonna put an injunction on cure, he, he can't do it unless he's not hurting other farmers. Okay, that's, that's part of the injunction. So the judge said to answers, you have to buy this milk. Now, they have agreed to buy that milk for 90 days, but in 90 days is really when the most milk is, is going to be um, uh, flowing because come springtime, they all the goats freshen and the green grass and the milk increases almost fivefold compared to what's being produced right now. So we don't know right now what's going to happen to these goats in 90 days because Answers has only agreed to buy milk for the next 90 days. Um, if 
we don't find an outlet for, for this milk, um, goats will have to be destroyed um, because if the farmers can't feed them, you know, then, you know, that's the only humane thing that they can do and try to, or try to sell them. But keep in mind right now, there's 1,830 some goats being milked and there's just not an outlet for that much goat milk anywhere else. So right now we don't really know what's going to happen to them come spring. How many days has it been now? What day is it today? It December the 1st, it started. December, January, February. 90 days were in late February. Right. And has answers come forward yet to buy anything? Only milk. Only milk. They can, they're only buying milk. They have another cheese manufacturer, another farm that creates cheese for them. Okay. And vegetables, they might be doing it somewhere else as well. But there's no fish broth or uh, chicken broth out there. So, um, <clears throat> Steve, um, one, you know, wants you, you to know that you know he 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 never stops fighting. He's he's he, he's always innovating and trying to come up with some way to get around you know what our problems are. Um, I'm just hoping that the you know the um, legal system you know does what it's supposed to do and and fixes this problem and you know you might want to tell your viewers too that there is a, a gofundme for the farmers that are possibly going to lose out um come 90 days when answers no longer buys their their milk and uh if the judge doesn't allow to cure or put the milk on the market then they're going to you know be that's going to be uh um very very damaging to the uh, dairy community in pennsylvania and um, I don't know why we can't get the judge to see that and that he's, you know, affecting many, many livelihoods here, but um, we're going to keep trying. You know, I, living in Singapore, um, I'm not very familiar with um, the legal system in the U.S., sure. but from what I observe as a very ignorant layperson over here in Singapore, it it doesn't sound very logical. Um, it's not logical. What's going on um, to cure right now? And um, pardon my ignorance, everyone, but I actually think it stinks. You know, I think it's rotten to the core. I don't it think is. it's very fair for whatever justice is supposed to be in my idealistic mind. Um, I'm just very surprised at how the legal system where you are based in Pennsylvania um, is actually allowing this to happen, you know. Um, we agree with you 100%. We, we never thought, it, you know, we know what we're doing is right and just, and we assumed that the legal system would see the logic and, and the law, and unfortunately, um, that 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 didn't happen. We're hoping that you know we 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 sent the um, lost you know the the judgment to the appellate courts, but uh, in Pennsylvania, you know it's everybody knows everybody, and if you know the internal workings of the law, like uh, answers lawyer does, I think you can get a lot of things done in that manner. Um, that that wouldn't normally be uh, a judgment of, of that sort. I hope that makes sense. 
Uh, I think the only thing I would, you know, just like to say to, um, you know, anyone who's willing to listen is that, um, you know, uh, despite the the legal battle going on, you know, um, our passion, our hearts are are still in this, and we do, you know, it is our 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 goal is to bring cure pet foods, you know, to the community yes. and and to pets. So I just this want people to know that we haven't given up on that. Um, you know, we obviously um, have a have a rough. Uh, uh, legal battle ahead of us, but that we haven't given up and, and, you know, we're, we're hopefully can still, um, be part of this community. The raw feeding community is a tight knit community that I feel is an extended family for a lot of people. Uh, and so I just want everyone to know that, you know, we haven't given up on our family and, and we're here and we're going to continue to try to push forward. Yeah, no, it, it's, it, disturbs me a lot that this is actually happen happening because in my mind I look at the two of you ladies and Steve and you know like I said I actually uh, am a huge fan of the work that you're doing because you represent to me um, you know hope for the small business owner the minority the you know the women who are starting out with nothing, you know, farmers. I mean, Steve, I am not very familiar with your culture, you know. Sure. Um, so please forgive me if I offend you by accident because I'm, no. I'm not, not very sure about it. But from what I understand, um, the Amish, if that's how I pronounce it correctly, you know, you guys have a, lived by a code you know, a, a value system that, to be honest, is such a rarity now, you know, maybe 50 years ago, or hmm, maybe my grandparents' time, it would have been normal for people to be honorable, to be respectful of nature, you know, to do things with love and with ethics, you know, sure. and you know, what you guys have been creating on your farm, this biodynamic way of growing things and not wasting things as Roxanne was explaining and Jacqueline was saying, you know, this, this beautiful, true magic of nature that you're creating is so rare. To me, it's a beacon of hope for the world, not just in the US, but even for me in, in this part of the world in Asia, where unfortunately, you know, I'm surrounded by huge developing countries like Indonesia and China, where, you know, there's a lot of pollution going on because of manufacturing, you know, sure. um, and standards are lacking, to be honest, and there is corruption. And what the three of you have been creating beginning with answers and now with cure is it's really beautiful i i, I can't Thank find you. another word to describe it you know it's so beautiful and clean and so ethical the standards that you hold are so high the fact that you bother to go to afco and fight and to to find ways to to even comply with the regulation so that you can sell your products, you know, without being um, 
hijacked or penalized, you know, as uh, many raw food companies sometimes get into. But you guys have been always been able to hold your head up high and to do things with such, you know, passion and belief. You know, it, it, you know, it, it makes me so proud and hopeful for the human race that there are people like you, honestly, because I think especially with COVID the last two years, there's been so much, you know, a lot of people are jaded. A lot of people are frightened and, and fearful and listening to whatever is being broadcast by all the major media outlets, you know, and, but what you guys have been doing all this time has always been stay true to your core, stay true to your values. You know, the fact that I can see the three of you, there's so much love and respect. You know, there, there is a bond there that is so rare. It, it really is rare, you know, um, the level of trust and respect that the three of you have, the chemistry. And I wish that there were more companies like you, more people like you who are fighting the good fight to help pet parents around the world to see that there is a better way of doing business, a cleaner way of doing business without selling out, without lowering your standards, without destroying the earth, you know, respecting the natural sources that you use, the materials that you have, you know, what you guys do is not easy. And I have a huge respect for you because, you know, like I said, huge fan over here. And I've been following your story for such a long time. It was my dream to interview you like ages ago, but I was always very shy and, and oh. I wasn't sure if I would be able to get an interview with you because I thought, you know what? I think these ladies are, and you know, you, you guys are too busy doing what you're doing, <laughs> you know? And I think the universe, God, Allah, whoever you believe in, you know, believe in the rightness of what you're doing to actually have made this connection between us. Because honestly, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have, thought that I would be able to speak to not just the two ladies but to the hero of the story Steve because <laughs> you know you you are the one who's creating this beautiful all these beautiful products you know with such love and reverence um I you know, what's happening right now I just really feel for you people you can think I'm biased but let me just tell you that if you see what I see here on, this, on, on, on my screen, if you listen and look at all the testimonials that are not paid for by anyone, it's no marketing gimmick because this is something that they can't honestly afford to do. You know, they don't have the money really. But their products have been changing the lives of sick animals all these years for over a decade that there is a following and everyone is just rooting for you. You know, they can't believe what's happening. And I honestly, you know, I pray that the truth will come out and that you guys will see justice done. 
for what's happening. Because what Thank is you. Appreciate that. it's Thank it's, you. We do appreciate that. I just I just feel that, you know, um, I look at Steve, he's such a hardworking man. And I, I want to thank you for actually making the effort to come and speak to me because I was cracking my head. How how can I speak to you? <laughs> <laughs> we might be back too often. We'll be back again. <laughs> I, I would love that as a follow-on because you know I would love if you had more time in the future to to actually get to know more about your community and, and what you're doing, you know, thank to you. explain you to come people. back to the states. You ever come well, over to the I, States? You know, I think um, pre-COVID would have been uh, something that I was aiming for. But with COVID now, it's really, really hard. And I have to tell you, I'm a rescuer here. So I live with 12 cats and one dog at the moment. But I take oh, care okay. of my... I take care of uh, the community cats uh, in my neighborhood. So I do trap, neuter, and return. I help to manage the, the stray cat population. And once in a while, you know, um, we get extra dogs or whatever. But, you know, um, it's because of people like you that I, I do what I try to do over here. So I try to feed a more, you know, fresh raw food approach when I can with budget. Uh, when I can't, I tell people, you know, feed with wet canned food is fine or raw eggs, make bone broth, you know. Um, so, you know, we try to educate and I try to work with a lot of low income families here. So as you know, that's not easy. Um, but, you know, um, I, I, we try to improve the diet of the animal as however we can. We try to work within their limits. And it's people like you, honestly, that inspire me because um, you're the golden standard, honestly. You, you, you tell your audience, tell your audience hello, and that when they're in our area, they're supposed to visit the farm. We'll show them the goat process, the fish process, cheese process. They're welcome to come to visit the farm. Well, if I ever get a chance to, to visit, I will definitely come and visit you. Um, it has been actually my dream. I've always, you know, dreamt that I would love to visit and, and, you know, just see how you guys are doing it over there because um, good. I think what you're doing is just a, a very beautiful process that's so respectful of the earth, you know, and I wish more people would see what you're doing and replicate it because um, we need more people like you because we only have one planet. I know. <laughs> and we're going to share the planet, aren't we? Yeah, we, we, we need to save our planet. But I just want to thank you for, for making the time. I know you're very busy. Um, but I, you know, I hope to be able to speak with you again uh, when you have more time in the future and we can follow up. Yeah, we will set up another, another moment for this. And thank you for showing, uh, showing us around. Thank you. Thank you. God be thank with you. you. Yeah. Please consider supporting Steve Fisher and the other affected Amish farmers. There is a GoFundMe campaign entitled Hashtag I Stand With Cure. One word. Thank you. Wow. I'm so thankful and grateful that you took the time to listen to this podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could subscribe, download, 
rate, review, and share this with others whom you care about that may enjoy it as well. Thank you, and remember to be kind to yourself and others. Have a awesome day, everyone.